we get stuck within certain limits of what our imagination or expectations can be you know how would this look how would this idea look if I did push it to extremes This is Art Juice, honest, generous and humorous conversations that will feed your creative soul and get you thinking with me, Alice Sheridan. And me, Louise Fletcher. This is episode 172 and we are going to be back to basics today. Prompted by a discussion that was happening, I thought let's talk about what makes a good drawing. This is going to be really juicy because this is a very broad subject so we're just going to riff see where it takes us see where our feelings on drawings are but first of all how has your week been um it's been quite a good week busy um lots of work on my course when I'm teaching it's it's pretty much that's what I'm doing I'm either recording demos or I'm answering questions on doing live calls I did have one out of the ordinary exciting thing happen and it's exciting and unsettling Mm. and um, I'm just going to share it with everybody because I don't know where it's going but I've had this idea for a long time that it would be nice to live somewhere that also could serve as an art retreat Um, not on a regular basis but from time to time and that means having a house that's got views and that's very scenic and also that has a big workspace for people to come in because my workspace where I am now is not big enough to have enough people in. So I, um, a property came up for sale two minutes from my house uh, that is currently a kennels. And um, so it has a lot of outbuildings already and a commercial business license. So I went to see it and um, I went to see it on my own at first. It's beautiful. The house is beautiful. The house doesn't need any work. The property however imagine the kennels it's a Mm. bunch of ramshackle buildings uh, that wouldn't do and that would need to be knocked down and rebuilt so then I took my neighbor who's the builder to have a look and asked him to kind of give me all the bad all the reasons why not you know like go around and tell me what's wrong with this place and and uh, which he's very good at and so uh, (laughs) now I'm left with kind of ah do I want to do this do I not want to do this and you know when you have those things where one day you wake up and think right I know I'm not going to do this so I'm going to ring up and explain that no it's not for me and then half an hour later you think but you know maybe I could and and so I'm not going to make any decisions on it but it's it's kind of nice but also a little bit uh, what am I gonna do a bit unsettling it might not be the right time is what I'm thinking um because it would be taking on a big project it's a big project the bottom line it's it's having the bill getting the planning permission shouldn't be a problem because the buildings exist so that would be all right but having it built finding someone to do it and also health and safety wise, the property outside the paths and things are quite rickety. You know, you need to do work to make it safe for everybody that was visiting. And um, But on the plus side, absolutely beautiful house. Come out of the house, look over a sweeping valley, little tractors puttering in the distance, absolutely silent except for the birds, um, you know, no close neighbours. So nobody to get bothered by cars coming in and out and people arriving and going and 
So lots of good things about it. And a lovely lady who lives there that I met. So that was nice. She was she was quite an inspiring person. I guess the thing is, it falls into one of those things of this is possible. Be care- is, is, it, is it a be careful what you wish for project, though? Do you actually, if you, if you imagine that and running courses in person, is that what you want, busy lady? <laughs> well, it would require changes. So if yeah. it took two years to develop, it would be a kind of slowing down. My idea is it would be a slowing down. So the a lot of the online things might slow down. And this might be like my retirement. This might be what I do to have the company of artists when I want to and to be on my own when I want to be on my own. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of future idea of it. But yes, do I want to? I'm not entirely sure. And that's yeah. why I'm not that's why I'm not taking the Jumping. plunge. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but it was it's nice just to oh God, you know, it's too hot. I'm gonna turn this light off. Sorry, everybody. It's absolutely boiling here today. <laughs> I did I think of you yesterday. I thought of you yesterday. We had a lovely hot, sunny day yesterday. It was gorgeous. And I thought, I bet Louise thinks it's too hot. And, and how hot is too hot for you? Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> too perfect for me. Anybody who's been to San Diego or lives in San Diego now, I used to go there for work. It's always 70 degrees, which I don't know what that is in little numbers in England, but it's always 70 degrees. And it's always sunny with a breeze. Oh, that sounds no matter, nice. Every time of year, no matter what time of year I went. And they I... they have a weather forecast and you think, why are you bothering? It's 70 degrees with sunny with a mild breeze. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the fluctuation, but it is nice when it's when it's nice and warm. So so what about your week? Uh, my week has been, I can't remember what day of the week it is. One of those. Um it's been exciting getting everybody settled within the membership and all of that kind of stuff is really good but you know what it's like there's you know welcome calls and lots of questions and all of that sort of stuff to do um really lovely response to the retreat finishing so if you missed that you can actually find it now so um we had so many questions about can we watch this again so there is an option now on my website so if you want to keep it for all time I haven't edited them so it's done as the live thing but if you want to go back you can go back and you can get that anytime um and yesterday, though, I thought I'm actually going to have a, like a proper day off. It's a nice sunny day. I'm going to have a proper day off. I'm going to sit in the garden. I'm going to I did a few little things that I had to do in the morning. Got my book. I got my sunglasses. I even did an Instagram post that said, this is me for the day, chilling in the garden, you know, listening to Mozart. How long do you think that lasted? <laughs> I don't know. How long did it last? So I just put my sun cream on. And about an hour in, I got a phone call from my husband who'd gone off on a bike ride to say, I don't want to worry you, but I'm in Kingston Hospital. (sighs) Fell off. So he'd been out with, and they, they go out regularly. And he said, I don't know what happened. I can't remember anything that happened, but I think I'm okay but they're just checking me over. I didn't, I didn't get that. I said, are you, is Paul with you? Yeah. So they're both called Paul. So much amusement, everybody yeah. <laughs> always Paul one and Paul two. Um, so Paul's with you. They're fine. They're talking really mean of me. I was like, 
well, I'm not coming to sit with you in A&E if Paul is with you, if you're okay. Because <laughs> you know how long these things take. I don't blame you. There is no way anyone should sit in an A&E if you don't have to. Well, I thought, you know, he's a grown man. He's a grown man. He's okay. It's, it is just sitting being past pillar to post. And he was clearly kind of okay, shaken, a bit bruised, did have some light concussion. Um, thank God he was wearing his helmet, you know, silver lining. Yeah. Um, persuades some one other member of the family that it's a very good idea to wear a helmet Um, but yeah kind of a bit bruised and fragile anyway I did then um, a little bit later have to drive over to pick them up which was a three-hour round trip to do the hospital is 5.6 miles away oh oh this is why I struggle when I leave the Yorkshire Dales it's like there's traffic everywhere and everywhere takes ages to it's the, and it was the hangover from the train strike thing and you know it was a yeah, nightmare. So, yeah, you know, yeah that was my that was my day off <laughs> at least he's okay thank god he's fine he's fine he's fine he's a bit he's a bit he's a bit bruised today um but it also means that tomorrow I have to be up to leave home at six to drive Amy to Leeds overnight, then Nottingham for University Open Day visits. So yeah, you know, no rest for the wicked. What can we say? That's my week. Oh, well, say hi to Leeds for me. That's my hometown. Yeah, I've never been to Leeds. So in that sense, it'd be quite nice. And I was at university in uh, Nottingham. So that would also be quite nice. So we're going to try and make it a bit of a girl's, a girl's trip. <laughs> So today's subject, we're going to be talking about drawing. And this was prompted by Paulette, who posted um, in my group. She said this, if I could capture simplicity like this sketch of landscape, landscape with women working in a field by Anton Mauve, then I will be where I want to be. And I will save an image of it um, in the show notes, which you won't be able to find if you're listening on iTunes but if you go to the link to both Louise's and mine websites I'll make sure that the photograph of this drawing is up there and it just it's a very it's a simple drawing um it looks like it's done with it's done with charcoal um not huge nine by 15 centimeters and it kind of sums up the essence of a scene in some very simple marks not a complicated drawing but it just started quite an interesting conversation about um, drawings and, you know, what they mean, what we are kind of striving for in a drawing, what the purpose of drawing was. And I just thought, yeah, let's let's have a talk about what makes a good drawing. So there you go. There's that one. Thank you, Paulette. Um, and I messaged Louise and she said, yeah, this is right. I'm doing a lot of drawing at the moment. So, yeah, let's talk drawing. I'm, I'm often asked by people new to painting, um, do I have to be able to draw mm. to be an artist? And I asked Gabriel Lipper this, who's a very realistic painter. And if you're going to paint abstracts, you need to be able to draw. And he said, well, I used to think yes, and now I'm not so sure. And I never really know. But I know that it's been important to me throughout my yeah. art life not just realistic drawing, but drawing. Drawing plays a part in my paintings as well, even if it's mm. abstract drawing. And it's and it's always been, as long as I can remember, 
the thing I've loved. I, I, I draw less now than I used to, but as a kid, that's the, my, I, I always remember pretending I could draw these, these cartoons, which I was tracing out of a comic book and then telling everyone that I drew them. And then I had this massive guilty moment when I told my mom, I've been lying to everyone. I can't draw these things. I copied them. And I was crying. And she said, I bet you can if you try. I bet you can do it if you try to do it. And so then it became my mission to try and actually be able to do that. Um, and I just love drawing. I used to draw everything I loved. So I was obsessed with football. So I drew the football players. And I I just, I loved to draw as a kid. and um have it's always stayed with me and now when I draw I'm really interested in your question because when as a kid it matters to you to get it right that's what matters have I drawn the thing that looks like the thing as you mature as an artist then I think for me I want my drawings to be not that that's not what I'm concerned with there's a lot more that I want to get into them yeah I don't want them to be. And I've got this quote I wanted to share with you from David Hockney. When he came to Yorkshire and was doing a few years ago, he was painting a massive series of paintings about Yorkshire and he did a lot of drawing first. And he wrote, he said, one of the things I'm doing in Yorkshire is finding out how difficult it is to learn not to see like the camera, which has such an effect on us. The camera sees everything at once and we don't. There's a hierarchy. Drawing is about why do I pick that thing as opposed mm. to that thing or mm. that thing? Mm. And, I, and I like that description of it. It's about, it's about your response, that, that simple drawing you started off with. It's about which things did he pick out of that scene to illustrate versus all the things he didn't pick. And, and what that gives us then is David Hockney's personal reaction to a place which would be different to yours if you were sitting next to him drawing in the same place yeah I think it's I was looking at definitions of drawing and none of them for me feel enough or appropriate because it is such a wide subject with so many different interpretations. So this is the Webster one. It just says the art or technique of representing an object or outlining a figure, plan or sketch by means of lines. There is so much in there that I disagree with just to begin with. Like yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be an object. Um, it doesn't have to be outlining a figure and it doesn't have to be lines. I mean, and it, it doesn't have to represent anything. Exactly. So <laughs> like to that definition, and sorry, I know Webster's is supposed to be the best dictionary, but like, no. Um, so I think it is a really broad area. And it's often the first thing that we do as, as children um, and as artists, because it is often about the materials. So there is something about the simplicity of drawing. So another definition I found was marks with, you know, crayon or pencil, you know, it's basically not to do with paint. Painting isn't drawing. So there is... Sometimes I draw with paint. Sometimes I draw with a rigor brush with paint. Yeah. but And I see it as drawing. I don't, like, I'll see that as a drawing. Within the painting? Not as a painting. 
because I think, okay, I'm drawing now. I'm drawing this so mark, that mark with a brush. And is that when you want something that is more representational, though, at that point? Yeah, so at the moment I've been doing a lot of self-portraits and working on looking at ways to do portraits that isn't basic realistic drawing. So drawing blind um, or drawing with the wrong hand, and I've used a rigger brush for that. I might draw a self-portrait in pencil, oil pastel, charcoal um and paint with a rigor brush and it mm. all might be there in the same draw in the same mm. drawing so even that makes me feel like it's not quite the right definition because I think sometimes I'm drawing with paint where it's yeah. supposed to painting and it's not always about linear forms either like if I was drawing something with charcoal there would be tonal values in there as well that I would be using or erasing things out of you know and for me charcoal you know anything done with charcoal is still going to be that's still going to be drawing in my terminology so but I think so I said but I suppose though what I'm getting at is that in drawing often there is an immediacy that of of a, a little bit of a relationship between you and what you're doing um you know I don't like the word sketch (laughs) just don't like the word sketch feels scrappy for me it feels like I don't care about it whereas a drawing feels a little bit more considered I don't know why I have this thing about the word sketch I just like sketching it just seems like frippery and it's more important than that (laughs) (laughs) I don't know um that's not to say that you know drawings have to be labored they can be quick and often some of the best drawings are are the quickest ones but there is an ease to get started with drawing but then that goes on to so what is what is the reason that you're doing this drawing and I think in terms of what makes a good drawing you need to know this in order to understand what makes a good drawing which is essentially only going to be you know what makes it good to you what makes it valuable to you as an artist is this a stepping stone so is this exploration gathering information studying something looking at it again going through that filtration process that you've mentioned or that Hockney says about you know deciding do I want this in or out is this important do I drop this what am I looking at what am I noticing um and I and I think understanding why you're doing it is is therefore key you know sometimes we just draw for no reason we draw purely for enjoyment meditation calming down you're absorbed in it no end results don't care what it's of you're just drawing for the sake of drawing sake could be practice could be to improve your skill level but not always just drawing I've got a lot of books by Danny Gregory and he started drawing when his wife was hit by a subway uh, train in New York and paralyzed and their life completely transformed overnight and he started drawing as a means of of reco- of dealing with life mm-hmm. and now he has years and years worth of sketchbooks of daily drawings he just draws everything in his life and his art is in his sketchbooks that's very different from what I do but it's so amazing. I think, oh, I wish I had every day of my life in a sketchbook. That would be fantastic to go back and look through that. But yeah, so that's a very different 
that's a very different reason. And and also he spent years refining that to become better and better at drawing and more and more skilled at it and to get more of what he wants to say into it. So he's a fascinating person. His books I find really interesting, even though that's not what I do. Um, it's another approach to it. For me, it's much more about trying to get to the essence of something. And there's something about what I love about paint is that it does things I'm not expecting and you get all sorts of amazing things out of that. So it's one removed from you. And what I love about drawing is it's much more, as you said, immediate. And so it's a different experience There feels like it's more directly from my hand. And that's why I've been doing a lot of it recently because I'm experimenting with different ways of expressing what's inside intuitively as much as I can without thinking. I'm just trying all these different ways of experimenting with that. And one of the ways to do that is with drawing tools, what we talked about, you know, the things we think of as drawing tools because they are more immediate. Mm. But this quote I loved from Matisse, very, he just says, exactitude is not truth. Mm. And what I used to think when I first learned to draw was it's important for it to be accurate. Mm. And I remember starting life drawing classes and I'm very good at drawing what I see. I always have been able to do that. So I thought the, the teacher would say, oh, wow, you know, you've got all the proportions right, well done. And she didn't really comment on any of my drawings. And I was a little bit peeved, if I'm honest. Helen, I don't know if you listen to this, but if you do, I was was wanting you to be impressed. And she wasn't really that impressed. And then one day I did a really quick, we'd have the quick poses at the beginning where they would stay in one place for two minutes. And I did this really quick drawing of the, the male model. And she went, oh, look at that. That's fantastic. And then And I got my moment of impressing her, but it taught me, yes, that's fantastic. I can see, I can see why that's great. And the others were just technique. They were, they were accurate, but they weren't truthful. This was truthful. Yeah. I want to come back to that, but I also want to pick up on what you said about um, Danny Danny Gregory and that kind of drawing and the everyday drawing, because I think that there is something in there that is worth recognizing when it comes to drawing, which is very often we see, I mean, this is true of all art to a degree, but somehow I think it's more true of drawing and sketchbooks is that we see somebody else's practice often with a degree of envy or also I think I should be doing that um and I know for me that was certainly true with all those sketchbook sketchbook type books or drawing in a day or visual drawings or you know all of those kind of things and again it's one of these rules that we hold in our head in order to be an artist you need to draw every day or be able to draw or those kind of things I do I I do think drawing is important I think drawing gives you uh, developing your drawing skill fine tunes your visual senses 
I think it helps you get use of your materials and use them appropriately to convey what it is that you want to convey. And it is an easier way of doing that before you maybe move into paint. I think, you know, it helps you refine your marks, like your handwriting, recognize, you know, what becomes yours. But I think there is also a danger in seeing how somebody else does drawing and feeling like I need to do that in order for my drawing practice. Maybe, maybe it's that sense. My drawing practice doesn't do what theirs does. Therefore, I'm judging it as being not as valid. And I think that's a very, that's something that we have to be careful of. Mm. Yeah, for um, sure. For sure, because I know that Danny Gregory went through a phase where he rented a painting studio because he felt like real artists paint, painting. make paintings in New York in studios. So he did that for a while and yeah. he didn't like it. He went back to his. So we all do that, don't we? We all look at someone else. I, I envied only in the sense that I know when it, when in the past I have done daily drawings and I know that it gives me an experience of that time that I never forget yeah. when I do the drawing. Yeah. But unfortunately, I don't really enjoy doing it anymore. So I don't have the piles and piles of sketchbooks that, that I envy in his life. And the reason I envy, I suppose, is because I think, oh, yeah, he's going to remember all those days mm -hmm. when he looks through that book. In a way, you don't if you take photographs. Drawing centers you in the place where you are. Yeah. So. I can look at a drawing and think, oh, yeah, it was cold and windy and I was sitting on a hill and I remember what I was wearing and I remember where we were going afterwards, that kind of thing, where other days that I didn't draw, they just disappear. So I envy that, but I agree with you. We we do look at that. Or people who have those beautiful sketchbooks where every page is stunning. There's a guy, and I'll put the link in the show notes, called Tommy Kane. K-A-N-E. And for a while I was looking at him. He's a New York artist, sketchbook artist. He spends a whole day out on the street doing a drawing. And mm. they are one drawing. Killer. Yeah, one drawing. Right. And then he comes back and works on it in watercolor and colored pencil and turns them into these amazing works of art. And he goes through his sketchbooks online and every page is stunning. But I don't want to do that. So no. you, can, you can look at it and admire it and say, that's really skillful and I love it, but I don't want to do that. And that's, a, you know, that's many years spent um, not perfecting, but honing a particular type of uh, output and way of using your art, you know, to record in his case, essentially to record and to comment on what he sees. Yeah. Um, and in his case, and in Danny Gregory's case, that has also meant saying no to other things. Yes. And I think this is also a, a part, like, sometimes we can get stuck within the sketchbook stage or within the drawing stage because we're scared to get into the painting. Sometimes we can be into the painting and we can forget that the sketchbooks and the drawing can be a valuable part of the process to get us there. Um I notice when I when I've missed drawing, when I have missed it, when it's dropped out of my schedule, when it's dropped out of my habit, even though it's not always there. And then one of the things that I sometimes struggle is, OK, well, how do I want to draw again? How do I want to reintroduce drawing? 
when it isn't about necessarily drawing a thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, for me, that's quite an interesting gap where I am at the moment, because I have been drawing some things recently and they all just leave me a bit, nah, like there's not enough. And I'm not sure that I can, I'm not sure that I can push it enough within a drawing realm in order for the, for the drawing itself to become satisfying to me. Mm. And yeah. I don't yet know where that combination is going to happen, but it's not happening yet. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Because I used to think, well, I loved drawing, but I thought drawing isn't art. Like, right. this is my perception is I can't, people will just look down on you if you draw, you have to paint. So I got into painting and I'm glad I did because I love it. But then I've got this book I was showing you. It's called, I don't know if it's still available, everybody. It's called Vitamin D, New Perspectives in Drawing. I think it's from about 2014 and it's contemporary drawing. And there are people in here. I mean, there's two I pulled out to mention. Um, I've actually seen this guy's work. Kai, I'm going to say his name wrong, Kai Guo Kuiang. I am so sorry. I don't know how to say this. G-U-O and then hyphen Q-I-A-N-G. I think I saw his work in Liverpool, although it could have been somewhere in America. Everything melts together. He draws in gunpowder. Yeah. Like they're amazing. Yeah. Um, and then there is a person whose work I've never seen, but it's just an amazing section of the book. She's called Anna Sigmund Goodman's daughter. I've got mm -hmm. all the great names today. She goes into a white space gallery. She draws all over the walls. I presume they prime them somehow first. She, the whole exhibition space becomes a live drawing. And then when the exhibition's over, they white paint over everything. And it goes. They're gone. And that's just two of the things in this massive book of really like fantastic drawing as art yeah and my little small brain when I was thinking drawing can't do drawing can't be art couldn't conceive yeah. of any of yeah. that um and I love that book I just dip into it from time to time just to get some ideas but like you I have never found a way where I can say yeah abstract drawing or some way of I bring, we both have drawing in our paintings, I think, to different degrees. But bringing it in as an artwork, I haven't found my way yet. I would love to. Maybe that's just a part of kind of commitment, though. You know, we're at the stage where we're still being pulled by, you know, painting and what painting offers. And there's nothing to say that at some point in the future, it might go back towards drawing. But both those examples that you've given are people who've taken drawing and taken it to an extreme. And it's often a prompt that I use for myself and others because I think we get stuck within certain limits of what our imagination or expectations can be. You know, how would this look? How would this idea look if I did push it to extremes? You know, so the the idea of Anna drawing all over the wall, you know, that didn't just spring from nothing. That sprang from her saying, like, how do I, how can I really take this further? 
Yeah, because that's taking the immediacy yeah. of drawing and saying it's so immediate that it's only here for this amount of time yeah. and then it's gone. Yeah. I mean, that is quite brave as well. Imagine doing, imagine doing all a big series of paintings and then just painting over them all white and going, oh, well, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this, you know, for mo for most of us, listening drawing does fulfill this purpose of uh information gathering and in that sense i think it's a useful it's a useful signpost isn't it the drawings that have not gone right for me going back to what makes a good drawing i can tell you what makes a bad drawing in my book a bad drawing for me is when I realise halfway through, I'm not remotely interested in what I'm drawing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not good. Um, so, you know, but that's quite a useful signpost. A bad drawing for me is where I felt that I have been too tentative and I haven't made as much use of the materials that I've got that I know I can do. So very often I find that there is a, there are kind of warm up drawings that happen particularly if you haven't drawn for a while. And then as you draw more, often draw more of the same thing, you start to get to see it a little bit more. You see it a little bit differently. You refine your ideas about it, but you start to exploit materials more, be a bit braver in your marks, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and in this discussion the other day, we also talked about the idea, and this is more of a kind of visual idea of what makes a good or a bad drawing. And this was something that my art teacher, Robin Child, when I was at sixth form, so 17, 18 year old, who was a fantastic teacher. And he always taught us this idea of kind of anchoring a drawing that very often people do drawings because we're drawing something that doesn't have often defined edges. So it's not like a painting with edges. Yeah, we have the sketchbook page, but, you know, you often have the gutter of the page and sometimes we do drawings that float around in the middle of the space so the idea of anchoring a drawing within that space with whatever you're looking at whether that is a figure or a landscape making sure that you kind of ground it and you connect it to the edges and it gives it a kind of um solidity that I think if you're not careful sometimes line drawings can have a sort of floating feel to them mm. And that idea of making sure that you are actually using the space and anchoring a line to the top, to the sides, to the bottom, so that you you are making a decision about where the edges of that drawing happen. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's something that's worth bearing about in mind when you're thinking about is it's not necessarily in the moment, how do I make this a good drawing? But it's often what I notice when I look back at drawings and I think, okay, why, why does that one feel like it works more? And you can say, oh, well, it's more expressive and everything, but there's also something there that are specific things that I look for. So one is exploiting the materials and the other is just the sense of sort of grounding it a little bit. And also more and more now, it's simplicity. It's where I've managed to say what I want to say with less. Yeah. One of the ladies at my life drawing class, I used to just look at her work with envy because she would lost and found lines. Like mm. her, she would get the figure, but with so much of it not there. And yet 
and it just had this beautiful ethereal quality. She worked in pastels a lot, really simple and just really beautiful. So I think for me, what I'm learning with the drawing I'm doing at the moment, um, I love it. And again, this goes back to taking myself out of it, I suppose. I love blind drawing. So when I'm looking not at my paper, but at my subject, which recently has been my own aging face, um, there's more honesty in the blind drawings. There's more natural, refresh, refreshing feel to them. And so I've experimented with then working with paint over blind drawings. So accepting what I drew as the as the, the outline of the face. If one eye's up here and one's down here, that's what we're going with. Um, also, when I draw with the wrong hand, really, I love my lines so much better when I draw with the wrong hand. They're fresher somehow. I suppose it's because I'm not able to impose myself as much onto what I'm doing. I can't get tight and perfectionist because I've I've got very little control of my left hand. And there's a freshness to that. And so now I'm looking at trying, can I combine what you're talking about? So considered use of materials with the freshness of the things that have gone wonky because I can't control them and and make something really exciting and interesting to look at. Because what I don't find exciting to look at is a very realistic, detailed, accurately rendered drawing that I've done of a face Mm. I I just don't find that I used to find that very rewarding because it was there's there's nothing wrong with feeling that's rewarding because you're practicing a skill and you've accomplished something and it's meditative and all of that but it just doesn't do it for me anymore because if I think about what makes a good drawing for me it's that thing about exactitude isn't truth I want to see the truth of of it for me my truth in what I've drawn and I can see when it's not there here's here's the thing though with blind drawings and I love blind drawings because like you say there is a kind of there is a looseness to them and I think that we like them because we like we like that relaxation that happens around them um relaxation from judgment about whether it is accurate and all of those kind of things so to 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 understand why we like blind drawings and then take those into the way that we draw more naturally but if we're if we're looking at what does it what, what what's this thing accuracy isn't truth no what did he say exactitude exactitude isn't truth. isn't truth yeah exactitude isn't truth but neither is complete randomness truth either no, but I see, I don't think it's random when we draw blindly. If we, if we, if we get into it, if we're really looking at the thing we're drawing blindly, yeah. the point is we're looking, we're seeing, we're really seeing because we're not bothered about this. What I found anyway is there's a truth to my likenesses of myself, yeah, which isn't there in an accurate drawing. So even though, um, yeah, my nose is not right and my mouth is in the wrong place on my face. I can see in the drawing emotion and feeling. I can I can see how I was because I was really looking and I was in tune with myself and not with the result. And that's why I like it. It's not it's not the 
fun kind of it is fun to teach people to blind draw and go oh look at your face it's really funny it's not that though it's a lot it's I'm drawing very slowly and I'm really really looking and I'm really just loving the experience because of the lack of judgment and then coming and looking at that and saying wow yeah I've captured some real melancholy how can I now bring that out more in paint color choices or background or whatever I'm going to do with it. Please, everybody listening, don't make, this sounds like I'm really doing some fantastic artworks and I'm not. These are just (laughs) things I'm asking myself. But I am, I do think there's a real truth and magic to anything where we, this is the discussion we always have though. I really, really like to get my own thoughts out of what I do because I I don't feel I'm very effective when I'm being thoughtful and analytical. So the way this is one more way to do it. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that when you, if you're, when you're describing that process of blind drawing, so you're looking and you're getting, you're getting guidance from what you're looking at. You're not looking at the paper. So you're not looking at where things are in relationship to each other and proportion and all of that kind of thing in terms of creating a visually accurate drawing but you're taking your cue and your guidance for how you make those marks from what you're looking at I suppose all I'm saying is you can do that also within a drawing where things might also end up in the right place and that that's that's the skill of a good drawing for me is where you where you've where you've got both of those things. You've got that um, interpretation, you've got the personality, you've got the sensitivity to the mark, to what you're looking at from where you've really studied something. And you're also making choices about where it appears, how it fits as part of your drawing on the page for whatever end result you want. And when, when when both of those things happen, that for me is when I feel like, okay, I've got a drawing that's got that sensitivity to it. And I've also taken more part in the decisions. And, and I love blind drawings, but I, I don't know. I just always feel that somehow, I don't know, sometimes they're missing something for me. I love the marks. It goes them. back to the why, though. It's exactly it what you said at the beginning. Yeah. It goes back to the why. So, what you're looking for in what you're doing. And sometimes that's what I'm looking for. If I'm doing a different project in a different way, I agree with you. But at the moment for me, drawing is just another tool. I'm on such an exploration of experimentation and nothing I'm making is meant to be anything. Yeah. But it's an, it's, it's another way for me to try, okay, what if I take myself out of this? And then when I put myself back, my thoughts back in, at what point do I lose it? At what point have I gone too thinky again for me and bring it back again? And so I'm just really loving playing with that, but I'm not sure it's going to end up making anything that would be considered a good drawing from an objective perspective yeah it's whether it's helping helping me as a tool to get so to get where I'm going and it goes back to what you said right at the beginning what makes a good drawing then is perhaps did it 
is it achieving something? I, I always remember, I don't know if I've ever told this story, but when I went to college, we did art at college as a minor subject. I had had no art education at school because they wouldn't let me do art. So I, all I knew was to draw accurately. And the lecturer was used to teaching students who were art students who'd done A-levels and all of that. And he was doing this minor program in our co college. And I think he hated us all at first because <laughs> we none of us knew what we were doing. So he told us to bring some of our work with us to show him. So I brought a drawing that I had done for my boyfriend's sister who loved the Pope. And I had drawn the Pope, that one who used to go around in a Pope mobile. And it was so accurate. I was so proud of it. And I showed it to him and he said, hmm. It looks like the Pope. What's the point? Mm. And I was like, I went off with my friend Ruth after. I'm like, what's the point? The point is it looks like the Pope. I don't understand what he's talking about. I really didn't get that question. What's the point? But that is what it's all about, isn't it? What's the point? There has, there doesn't have to be a point because it can be for relaxation. But if you that want it to be art, it ha there has to be a point. Yeah, and I think ultimately, therefore, for me, drawing is about some kind of exploration. So that can be visual study, it can be exploration of materials, of marks, um, it can be exploration of subject, am I interested in this, am I not interested in this? Um, but there can be an ease to it. And, you know, when you go back to the original question, do you have to be able to draw, what was it, do you have to be able to draw in to order be to artist. be an artist yes. you don't have to be able to draw accurately should drawing be part of your practice yeah honestly from me yeah it should I think it's essential I think I think otherwise it's like can you be a singer without doing warm-ups and scales well you can sing but it's not going to be as good as if you train that part of yourself it's a training thing as well it's 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 training all these parts of how everything operates together your eyes your brain your hands over the materials what you're what you're seeing how you have control over it the the decision making process as you go through all of that because we're not a camera you know we're not a camera yeah. we're not drawing everything that we see and I just think that drawing is the most immediate way of um doing that and um like I say I, I don't do I probably don't draw enough um but when I don't when I don't I do I do start to miss it so um yeah like I say the question for me is what do I draw when I don't want to draw objects and 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 that that's what I'm working on at the moment I think that's the problem for people who ask that question is they may have tried drawing objects or places yeah. and found it really boring. And they're yeah. like, oh, God, do I have to do this in order to be an artist? And I think you don't have to do that. Like you don't have to sit and accurately draw things if that's boring, because that'll stop you from even ever progressing on to what, what you might love to do. Mm -hmm. I think some, some form of drawing, yeah, I agree, where you're paying attention yeah, and and. So you've got maybe take the pressure off yourself for it to be accurate and beautiful, but mm -hmm. doing the practice of looking at things and noticing and choosing this over that, drawing a landscape and picking just that tree in that house and not all the other stuff, because that's what you're interested in. 
I think yeah. that's a good practice yeah. for everybody. Paying attention is a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Good, good. I'm watching Louise's cat do what cats do, which is just walk all over everything. Yeah, get in the way. <laughs> right. What's inspired then this week? I'm just going to go very quickly and um, first with mine. Um, mine would be the way that people responded to the open-ended prompt within the retreat group. Um, and, you know, people did all sorts of things and it's been lovely to see how they continue kind of taking those ideas further and sharing. What was the prompt? The, pr- the prompt wasn't a single prompt. So it was very um, open-ended in terms of discovering something that was your next stage in terms of creating things. So the prompts were everything around um, ideas from using um, sections from magazine, colour swatching, um, doing a sketchbook in a day, all sorts of things that people did just kind of gathering information making mood boards going out drawing to a place that they'd never been to before so the variety was huge and it's just been really nice to see people take some of those ideas and make them their own and they're still showing up within the group and going okay so this is what I decided last week and now I've actually done it so that's continued so that's just you know it's just it's lovely to see when people take something and go their own direction with it so I I really like that so that's been mine nothing that I've been doing (laughs) nothing that I've done has inspired me at all this week so moving swiftly on (laughs) no same for me nothing I've done has inspired me but I got a message on Instagram from Rachel Davis hi Rachel if you're listening saying I don't know if you've seen this and it was a link to a little speech on uh, videoed on Instagram by Tracy Emin at her exhibition have you seen it no um it it was on you're um, gonna have to put this in the show notes I will have to find it I think it was on the Carl Freeman Gallery's Instagram page I think um she had she's having an exhibition in Margate people had come to the exhibition for her to do an artist talk but there were too many people to come into the gallery. It was there was such a big crowd to see her that she had to go speak outside on the steps and kind of yell to reach the back. And she was just talking about her experience with cancer and how it changed her life. And the one thing she said, she's a very inspiring person anyway, but the yeah. thing she said that really struck me was she said she was really happy be- just before her diagnosis. And yet she had all these things going through her mind. If only I'd done that. If only I hadn't done this. I wish I'd lived my life differently. I wish I wasn't fat. I wish I was thinner. I wish my hair was different. I wish all these things that were constantly little moans that she was going through life with. And then this thing happened where they told her you might die in a few months or we might be able to save your life. And she said, I just, it's just so different now. And she was asking people in the audience if they'd had a near-death experience and what it had done for them. Um, and I just thought, you know, it's so crazy, isn't it? We're all dying, but, yeah. but we don't have that. Yeah. We have to have someone say it to you before you can have that epiphany. But I, I took on board what she said about the little moans that we have to ourselves mm. constantly and how maybe flipping those around and trying to be grateful for the moments that we've got and not thinking about what, whatever we haven't got. It goes back to that comparing thing about, mm. oh, he's doing the sketchbooks and I'm not, or, you know, 
just being grateful and appreciative of whatever we have got and whatever is happening for us. I wish we were better. I wish I was better at doing that on a daily basis. But I found it's a fantastic little talk. It's only about 10 or 15 minutes. I recommend it. And I'll put a link in the show notes if it's if it's still available, if it's one of those things that sticks around. I mean, it's a very easy habit to fall into, isn't it? But like and and it's something that we can spot and notice if once we become aware of it and then we challenge ourselves and then I think getting you know a diagnosis like that is the mother of all challenges isn't it that's the thing it's 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 the hello you know yeah stop yeah and actually you know we could we could do that yeah she, it was really that. for her I think a stop what do you want to do yeah that Mary Oliver quote, what are you going to do with your one wild and precious life? What yeah. are you going to do? Yeah. And in her case, it's cleaning up Margate, opening a museum, opening an art school. Also, like I'm saying, oh, do I really want to take on doing an art retreat at my age? She's the same age and she's taking on like monstrously massive things. Yeah. Um, because that happened. Yeah. Yeah. There's a fire. But sometimes we need that from other things, don't we? Yeah, you know, you need that as a shake up, right? Lovely. Well, there we go then. Happy drawing, everybody. Drawing. Actually, tag us, will you? Yeah, yeah. Just tag us or share. It would be really nice. I think. Should we make just you know art juice drawing? I don't know. Let's just see. Keep it going over the summer, maybe. Could have an Instagram hashtag art juice drawing. Art juice drawing. Yeah. Shall we do that? Yeah, let's do that. Art juice drawing. Art juice drawing. Let me just quick see if anything exists. (laughs) Surely nobody could have taken our name and drawing previously. Well, you never know. What did I do sometime last time that that hashtag that I did for Time to Shine is a Disney thing? No results found for art juice drawing. Well, the challenge is on then. Let's see what results do get found under art juice drawing. So if you're listening, keep it going over the summer. We'll keep sharing. My big thing is remembering to use hashtags, but I think they are fun. Um, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. That's what we'll say to everybody. Right. Okay. We're on. (laughs) Until next week then. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.